It is Well Talk Monday, and I'm excited that you decided to tune in and meet me at the well, the well, the well. What am I going to talk about? And God again said, ask the people. The well, the well. I want to see y'all win. I want to see y'all well. God is going to use this platform and this space to address different things that our culture needs a fresh, godly answer about. The well, the well, the well. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Well Talk. I hope that everyone is doing well. I hope that you guys had an amazing weekend um, and I miss you guys. I want to jump right on in this morning um, because we have not a lot to cover but I'm excited about the topic. Um, So yeah let's just jump in. I was about to say something else but you know what we're gonna just jump right in. We're gonna actually jump in with my opinion. (laughs) Um, I think that we are so used to reading scriptures based on our own experiences and through the lens of our own experiences. And so the problem with that is that in doing this, we kind of miss the true meaning um, of what God wants us to receive. And so our foundational scripture for this series, this new series that we are in, um, it's called What Not to Wear. And our foundational scripture for this series is one that I challenge you to read Um, not just as a scripture, but as a guide and not just another chapter in the Bible. Um, Ephesians 6 is where it comes from. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, it gives us a daily description of what we should wear and carry daily in exchange for what we dress ourselves with and with what the enemy of our lives tries to give us to put on. And so instead of shame and doubt and fear, God wants us to wear boldness. And instead of guilt, God wants us in freedom. So every day we dress in something, not just physically. We put on clothes every day physically, but spiritually we put on something daily. And so this series, What Not to Wear, and the passage of scripture, it helps you to identify what not to wear. And so I wonder how many of us read through the promises of God thinking that this doesn't apply to us or automatically thinking that we don't qualify for the same miracles that we read about or that we hear about in the lives of other people because of the things that we've done in our past. We automatically allow our past mistakes and our past decisions disqualify us for blessings and miracles that God is more than open to allowing us to have, to have access to. All because we decide to wear not with not what God tells us to wear, but we decide to wear condemnation and we decide to wear shame and guilt and doubt and fear and all the negative stuff that we put on ourselves. So this is because somehow we've twisted scripture and we've twisted the acts of God to fit our finite minds <laughs> and what we can understand or comprehend. Like we think that if we don't do this or if we do that, then God will or will not move a certain way. And so essentially we think that we can earn the favor and the love of God. And even if you say that you don't, we are human and we interact with humans every day, like on a daily basis. And these humans that we interact with on a daily basis, they operate on on this like if-then contingency, right? If you do something for them, then they'll do something for you. 
if you act a certain way, then they'll act a certain way. You know how we say, I'm going to give you the same energy, right? <laughs> that's just, we're human, and so that's how we act. And so innately, this is our expectation when it comes to God. I do it myself. I do it often. But then I pause, and I remember that one of my favorite parts about God is that he's not like man. One of my favorite parts about God is the things that I have to worry about from people I don't have to worry about from him. He's far from man. And so his ways, his 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 ways they aren't like ours. His thoughts, they don't he doesn't even think like us. So the things that I think about myself or about what I did or about things that I say or about mistakes that I make, the way that I see them, they are nothing like God sees them because we are so vastly different. And so this is the filtered and the twisted lens that we as people view our spiritual journey on with God. And so we think we have to be perfect and we think that we have to maintain this level of perfection in order to gain the love of God. When in reality, there is nothing that you can do in this very moment that will make God love you any more or any less than he already does. He loves you as much in this moment as he will ever love you with all of your mistakes all of your bad choices, and with all of your moves that made him proud as well. Like, he loves you. And let's be clear, this isn't a message about holiness because holiness does have a place, right? Um, wanting and striving to be like God and striving to make good choices, it does have a place. But that is not the object of this message. This message is about the awareness of the fact that you are immensely loved by your God, period. Because you can't begin to live holy if you think for a minute that God does not love you. You will not successfully live a holy life if you don't think that God loves you. Because if you don't think that God loves you and you try to live holy, you're going to think that you're doing it. And you're not going to realize and accept that the Holy Spirit, that God loves you so much that he gave you a helper called Holy Spirit that's in you, helping you and, and working in you to be holy and working in you, right, for sanctification. Like, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to accept any of that if first you don't understand and accept the basis and the basic thing, the, thing, the, the fact that you are loved by God, period, just as you are. And so this filtered lens that we see, um, that we see through that I was talking about, there's this story in the Bible that I've read through um, through these lenses for like all of my life <laughs> up until recently. And so the story of Peter and walking on the, word, on the water, that's what it is. And you may be familiar with it. Jesus basically caught Peter out to water as he walked. Um, and, and as he walked, rather, Peter began to sink and Jesus got on him for his lack of faith. And he got scolded, basically. And so Peter is walking, walking, walking. He's doing good. And then he starts sinking, and he gets yelled at. And I can, like, I can imagine, because if I was Peter, like, I typically try to put myself in the stories that I read in the Bible. And I can imagine how Peter felt. Like, I know I would be like, I can never do anything right. See, I always end up messing up. Like, I start strong, then I start sinking, and of course, God saves me well, because he's God, right? And so a lot of times I've read this scripture through that filtered lens. I've read that scripture um, through the lens filtered with my inadequacy and with my failure and with my inevitable ability to mess things up. Like I've always read that scripture through that lens. Like, yes, God saves us, but not before I mess up. 
because I'm so imperfect and because my faith falters sometimes and I, I fail sometimes. And so I always end up messing up. I always read it through that lens. And so, but then God began to speak to me about what not to wear. <laughs> and so he began to tell me what I should wear daily for battle. And so Ephesians 6, one of those things that he tells us to wear is the breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness. And so one thing I've learned is that whatever you're looking for, you will find it. If you're looking for stories and experiences in life that affirm your belief in love, that's what you'll find. If you're looking for something that affirms and speaks to your fear and your inadequacies, then that's what you will find. And so I decided to change what I was looking for in the stories and the word that I read. I decided to change what I was looking for in my interactions with people including God. And so instead of looking for how Peter fell, I wanted to look for how God responded. And that's what you should do sometimes. Instead of looking for where you fell, how about you looking how about you look for like how God picks you up? Instead of looking for how you fell, how about you you look for how God came in and wiped you off over and over and he calls you righteousness or righteous rather because of his sacrifice on Calvary for you and so I looked at the story of Peter again and what I found when I decided to look past the failure in the story was how God rescued Peter and if you look very closely before Jesus scolds Peter about why he sank he rescued him and I realized I had that thing wrong all my life like I always pictured the failure and the grudging hand of help like, come on, get up. Like Jesus saying, come on, come on, I'm here. Get up, try again. I knew you was going to fall, right? But now I realize that the rescue happened first. Go back and read it for yourself. Like the rescue happened before God began to speak to Peter. Before God said anything to him, he rescued him. That makes all the difference for me. For a girl who has been failing and faltering all her life, right? And who remains undeserving. It makes all the difference that the rescue comes first in the story. That changes everything for me. Like that was a game changer when I realized that. Before God said anything to Peter, before he asked him any questions, or before Peter was um, got on about his lack of faith, he was first rescued before any of that happened. And so the other thing that I see is that the scolding, it really wasn't a scolding. Like, it really wasn't a snappy God saying, I told you so, or I knew you was going to fail, you know, like that Jesus gave Peter. It wasn't like that at all. It was almost as gentle um, as a post-game analysis. Like, hey, what happened out there? <laughs> it was almost like God was like, hold on, what can we do so that it doesn't happen again? Like, it was that type of conversation. It wasn't a scolding. It wasn't a see I knew you would fail it was it was more so like a hey what what happened what happened so that we don't replicate that what happened what can I do what can you do so that this doesn't happen again like it's a loving protecting parental type of conversation and I wonder why for so long I hadn't seen that in the story all because of the lens that I chose to look at all because of what I chose to wear and it's because Honestly, I've trained, I'm trained for guilt and I'm trained, I'm trained for shame and I'm trained for mess ups is what I've been choosing to wear all this time. But what if I've been seeing like unworthiness and shame all around me, but there's really none to be found. 
What if I've been seeing it, but it really isn't there? Like, what if I've really chosen to see this and I've chosen to overlook the loving father that has made me righteous through his sacrifice and through his blood and the people who have, who he's placed around me that love me through everything. And so today I want you to remember, if you remember nothing else from this podcast, I want you to remember that the rescue came first. Rescue, 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 rescue. In Peter's story on the water, the rescue came first. And in your story with God on the cross, the rescue came first. Before you had a chance to even try to strain for perfection, God justified you. He cleaned you up. He called you beautiful. And he qualified you for every good and perfect gift. You may be undeserving of what God is about to do in your life. But because of his sacrifice, you definitely qualify. That's the good news. And so today, you don't have to wear shame and you don't have to wear guilt. You can wear the breastplate of righteousness. And I love that the breastplate is what God made the righteous piece of armor. Because to me, it says that he wants us to walk with our chest out. He wants us to walk with our chest out into every boardroom, into every interview, into every new opportunity. Not because we're puffed up or because we're boastful. But he wants us to do this because we're confident in the God that called us. And we're confident in the God that justified us. And we're confident in the God who cleaned us up. And we're um, comfortable and we're confident um, in the God that made us righteous. And so that's good news to me. And I hope it is to you as well. It helps us to stop striving for perfection. And instead just striving striving to enter into the rest of who God is. And into the rest of, of what he created us to be. And that was righteous. Let's pray. God, today dress us in the breastplate of righteousness. Help us to remember that there is nothing that we can ever do to earn your love, but it is a sheer gift that you give us daily. God, help us to walk with confidence, even though we're undeserving of the move that's about to hit our lives. We qualify for it because of your sacrifice alone. And God, we thank you for it. We thank you for what you did on Calvary. We thank you that long before we thought about you, Father, you were thinking about us. God, we thank you for you giving your only son and, and, and allowing him to die for our sins. God, we thank you that you were the pardon for our sins. That had it not been for you, that it would have been us on that tree. Like had it not been for you, we would never be able to have this relationship and this abundant life that you given us so graciously and so God we thank you for justifying us and we thank you for calling us righteous we could have never ever 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 lived up to the sacrifice that you gave us and so we thank you and we honor that today God we love you and we live for you today and we live for you every day and we promise that we will shed the things that you don't want us to wear and instead we will clothe ourselves in boldness and confidence and righteousness because that is what you've called us In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I hope you have an amazing day, and I hope today you live lighter knowing that you don't have to strive for perfection, but that God has already called you righteous. I love you, and I'll talk to you next week.